Mitsubishi. What is up, Rose? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. It is Tuesday, March 17th, and this is the first ever quarantine edition of the Crease Dive. So, Jake, uh, how, how you doing over there? Are your hands all washed and clean? Uh, yeah, I'm just washing them until they bleed, my man. But no, nah, this is, uh, yeah, we're, the, nobody else is doing this. Uh, you know, we're, we're quarantined like, like you hear about and, uh, you know, nobody else is, is, is out here talking lacrosse while quarantined. So, you know, kudos to us, pats on the back. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can shut down a lot of things in this country, but you cannot shut down the takes. All right. Do not quarantine my takes. Um, but no, I, the whole, the whole world is basically shut down right now. So I'll be honest, like that does, that does take the sting away um, from the fact that we've lost this college lacrosse season. Like, so the last time you guys heard from us, uh, it was right as, you know, everything was starting to fall apart and Princeton had just canceled their season. The Ivy had just canceled their season. It, it was hurting at that time, but like now that everything is canceled, it's like, okay, you know what? Like maybe, maybe losing this college lacrosse season is maybe, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Like there are a lot of bad things going on right now. So it's, it's not the worst. I think it's manageable, probably the right call. Are you saying that we exaggerated previously? Because I've never exaggerated in my entire life. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that maybe just maybe we didn't consider the, the full scope of the situation. Um, Perhaps we were throwing a fit online, just 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 a tad. Uh, no, I mean it still sucks ass for the seniors. Um, you know, I, I, they're gonna get that year of eligibility back, depending on how many guys take it or not. We can talk more about that later. Um, so, like, yeah, the whole world shut down. But guess what, motherfuckers? Lax don't sleep. Never has. Never will. The sport of the future it charges on, and we have new actual lacrosse shit to talk about because just last night the PLL held their 2020 player entry draft with the 16 players that were entering the PLL player pool. Uh, so seven teams each got two picks in this draft. Fortunately, two guys are going to head straight to free agency, but 14 picks last night. Um, and I mean, we might as well jump right into it. The number one pick in the 2020 PLL entry draft, starting off with the water dogs, it's Zach Currier. So this is, um, I, I feel like as soon as everyone heard that Rob Pinnell was jumping over to the PLL, everyone kind of assumed that this was, that the entry draft was the, the Rob Pinnell sweepstakes. And then when we found out that Currier was coming over, that kind of it was like a okay, like who's gonna go one or two? So Jake, we got Courier going over Pinnell with that first pick. Or were you shocked? Were you in disbelief? Or were you like, yeah, the Water Dogs made the right pick here? No, the Water Dogs definitely made the right pick here. Uh, there, Zach Courier and people. If you if you don't know who Zach Courier is, Zach Courier is three time All Ivy League at Princeton. Um, I believe he was there in the same breath uh, as Tommy Schreiber. Um, they might have been a year apart or something like that, but I'm I'm not really sure. Uh, but he, he, but he bridged the gap between. I think he bridged. Schreiber I think and Sowers. Yes. Yeah, so, so I think there was like uh, there there was they were all there within 
a few years of each other. But Zach Courier is uh, a, a different breed. He is a two-way midfielder, um, a true two-way midfielder. Uh, there is he can play defense and he can score. He's an incredible box player, uh, Culver guy. Um, so he, you know the Culver military, and he plays for Team Canada too. So um, that's a strong midfielder, and you know I personally I would rather take a strong two way midfielder to slow down the transition offense that some of these teams have, like the Chaos and the Whip Snakes. And the archers are some of the three best transition offenses that they have that out there. I'm, you know, having Zach Courier, Courier being able to stay on the field for defense kind of takes a little wind out of some of these sales. And, and I'm a huge fan of that. I think it's a great play. Yeah, I think that it's, it's definitely the right call. Um, again, two-way middies in this game, especially, you know, at this PLL level with the shortened field and how key transition is, um, I mean, Zach Courier is – I would say Courier and Pinnell. I'm totally fine with calling both of those guys top 10 players in the world right now. Um, I know that some people might be, like, down on Pinnell a little bit just because of, like, age and shit like that. But, I mean, they're both two of the best at what they do. Um, so, if you're prioritizing an attackman in the PLL and a, and a two-way midi, you got to go with the best. Now, this this is something that's going to – so Andy Copeland, on his tweet to draft Courier with the first pick, he said, fired up to have the best two-way midi in the world joining the dogs. Mm. Now I know That's one, shot. I know one <laughs> Mr. Jake Bernhardt, who uh, emphatically declared himself to be the best two-way midi in the world. Uh, so right there, that's – does that, that, that's automatically going to start a, a nice little rivalry with the water dogs and the whip snakes. Yeah, that's going to be a great rivalry. Um, that was a pretty emphatic statement. I am, uh, I would like to see it. I mean, Courier, I think in like his third season in the MLL, he put up like 84 points, which is absolutely insane for a midfielder, especially playing professional lacrosse. But, you know, Courier's a boss. Um, you know, Jake Bernhardt, I guess he'll have something, you know, a little bit to prove. And we'll, we'll definitely be able to see that in the Whip Snakes and the Water Dogs games. Um, you know, speaking of Bernhardt's, having Jesse Bernhardt, you know, the Chrome picking up Jesse Bernhardt for their number two pick. Um, I mean, he was nominated for the Tawarton, uh, you know, world champ, you know, Team USA. I, I mean, he's huge. He's like six. I want to say he's like six, four, six, five. Am I, am I, am I, am I remembering that right? Um, yeah, he's I a mean, big guy, big wingspan, um, but absolute just freak athlete so i i like that pick for the crumb i don't know who um i don't know who their their starting lsm was and i guess uh you know i guess that's probably probably a, a you know why they picked him up so i mean that's i mean that, that's good for the crumb the crumb kind of struggled in transition defense uh so you know having bernhardt being able you know to stay on the field rip some shots i mean that's a that's a good pickup. You know, you, you look at these other teams, you know, Michael Earhart and, you know, Scott Ratliff being able to stay on the field the entire time. That really changes the game for a couple of these teams. Um, even uh, even some of the Redwoods polls, you know, every single one of those polls can handle the ball. So, you know, having a having a baller with a pole, good call for the crumb. Now, 
there were some people out there, and and perhaps my Twitter account were was one of them. Perhaps Barstool Jordy was feeding into the frenzy a little bit here. Um, but some people out there could be sniffing around and and maybe thinking that they're finding they're picking up some sense of collusion here. Maybe maybe a little bit of of well, hold up. You know, if if Courier and Pinnell were both the two best players in this draft, why would the Chrome pass up on Pinnell? Is it so that he could go, go play with Paul Rabel again, go hook up with his boys over at the Atlas? Um, listen, it's it's a really fun conspiracy to think about, um, and like, you know, e- listen, I'm I'm gonna say right now, it's not conspiracy, but even if it was, like, I think both things would be great for the league. It'd be like oh shit, like, you know, we, we've got some, some real, like, that'd be a great thing to talk about. Um, but it, like everything that you just said right there, it makes so much sense why they didn't pick up Pinnell with this pick. And, and then you add on to the fact that the Chrome already have Jordan Wolf. So picking up Rob Pinnell for the Chrome would make about as much sense as adding peanut butter to a, to a peanut butter sandwich, right? Like you need, you need jelly, you need PB and J. If you want to get crazy, you can get some fluff, but if you're just going to add peanut butter to a peanut butter sandwich, I mean, that, that's just as dry as could be. It's going to, it's going to dry out your mouth. You're not going to be able to speak for weeks. So Pinnell and Wolf are both peanut butter. So you, you, it doesn't make sense for the Chrome to then go out and get Pinnell just because he's quote unquote, the, the better player. Now, Jesse Bernhardt, He's a, a, a world champion um, and everything that you had just said. So like, it's not like, it's, it's not like they went out of their way and picked like a much worse player. It's like, no, it, they're just completely different in the sense, the position and, and you know, how they get the job done. But um, yeah, so it, it's a fun conspiracy. Definitely one that I uh, was, was very, very much enjoying stirring the pot with last night during the draft. Uh, but no collusion. It's just like the smartest pick for the Chrome to not have to figure out a way to make Pinnell and Wolf work on the same attack line. My apologies. Jesse Bernhardt is six foot one. He's listed as six foot one. So he's more like six feet. Uh, you know, everybody's inflating stats these days. Yeah. But um, then you also have to keep in mind, like when he's wearing cleats, he's probably six. Yeah. Five. I mean, yeah, when he's wearing cleats, he's probably six one or six two. So like, you know, solid, but uh, yeah, we'll get to see what Bernhardt's made of, you know, um, I, you know, everyone is screaming like, oh, my God, Rob Pinnell is going to the Atlas. Rob Pinnell is going to the Atlas. He was hanging out with Rabel. Like, if you said – if you if you think that everybody who hangs out with Paul Rabel is going to somehow play for the Atlas, then Jordy and I should be called up because we hung out with Paul at LaxCon. So, you know, we could be – that we're we might be on the scout team for the Atlas very soon. So – um, but I mean, P- Pinnell's a great pick, great player. Uh, he's probably, you know, I don't, I don't want to, ma- I don't want to make any, you know, scolding hot takes here. But he's probably on the back half of his career, like Ned Crotty, like Matt Danowski, like some of these older guys in the league. Like he won the Twarden in 2013. Look, look, okay, but you, you didn't get my butt. You okay? I hey, listen, you didn't get my butt. Okay. But scolding like hot, Smith right scolding hot takes don't have butts. That's right. He's all he's probably on the back half of his career. But I think that given his physical shape and the way that he's kept up, I think that he's probably still going to put up 
ridiculous numbers for the Atlas this year. I, I don't think he's going to be – and I love Kyle Harrison. I love the dude to, to death. He's been a you know, recurring guest on the pod. You know, he goes on, he takes his runs, he comes right off, right? Pinnell, I think, is a guy who can, take, who can still take a beating, still put up points, still do ridiculous shit. I think he's still, you know, I, I think he's, I think he's still going to be a great player. I, the, the Atlas right now, the Atli have such a stronghold on tarps off workout guys. Like, yeah. like they dominate the rest of the league in guys who, and like for, for good reason. Like if I were Rob Pinnell, if I had Rob Pinnell's body, I would wear a shirt to like nothing funerals and weddings maybe but like the at a wedding it comes off pretty soon um so maybe mostly just funerals that would be like the only time that i wear a shirt if i were him so like you saw the video of when they announced that he was coming back the man is shredded handsome as could be it it would almost make sense for nbc sm or the whole nbc sports you know the, the whole broadcasting network um to see hey Maybe we can let these guys play shirts for skins for a few games because the the broadcast numbers would jump through the roof um, with all the the ladies out there just just checking out RP three and and that that just chiseled god. Um, but yeah, I it, I think that again in the shape that he's in, the way that he moves, um, like everyone knows that pushing the left side to get to that righty question mark, everyone knows that it's coming. Everyone's known that it's coming since what? 2011, maybe? Like, so uh, we're pushing up on a decade here of everyone knowing exactly what Rob Pinnell is trying to do and no one's able to stop it. And that's just because he's a freak. Um, so it, it's a huge pickup for, and again, it, not collusion, not a conspiracy here. Nothing here is rigged. It just so happens that everything fell perfectly into place to where Zach Courier comes into the PLL, so you have to take him with the first pick. And then the Chrome already have Jordan Wolf, so they can't take Pinnell because they already have a guy who does the same thing. So it's just it was a perfect situation for Rob Pinnell to drop to the Atlas with the third pick. And now, I mean, he gets to play on an attack line with Ryan Brown again. So flashbacks to the world, the the last. Um, outdoor the field world championships uh he's out there with with rabel he's got you know all those guys that uh he's played with in new york um you know all the all the warrior guys that he you know was working with before so this is a very very comfortable situation for rp3 to jump right into so he's gonna start lighting shit up ryan brown's gonna continue to light shit up and i think that you know i not that rabel was like bad at by any means last year like he was still in the all-star game but i think that this is this is the type of move that like i think we still get one more just complete domination year out of rabel just by adding pinnell yeah i think you get that it's like a stimulus package you know i think that i think that's probably what the closest thing to compare to comparatively um you know, it's, it's looking at some of these other guys, you know, that are coming to the league too. You know, Dylan Ward, that's a great goalie. Jason Noble, another Cornell guy. Um, TJ Camizio. Like, this is – I mean, there's, there's a couple guys that, you know, I – excuse me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big lax guy, but there's some of these names I've, I've, never, I've never heard in my entire life. I, I have no idea who Donnie Moss is. Um, but I'm sure that they're, you know, 
this is a, a, the top talent. So I don't think that any of these teams would just draft a bunch of no names guys. So, um, you know, Zed Williams, Zed Williams had like a million points in high school uh, that people forget. Uh, I, know. I think Joe, he, Joe Keegs brings that up a lot. Uh, <laughs> like he had like 400, 500 points in high school. Thank you, Joe Keegs, yeah. uh, the, the numbers guy. People uh, forget. Here's Joe Keegs is a big people forget guy, and I appreciate that about him. Here's the thing. I, I think that Zed Williams is like so fucking nasty that we don't need to bring up the, the high school goals to, to prove no. the point that he's so good. I, I think I, we, we don't need to go back to, so what, he graduated Virginia in like 2017, so that means that he would have graduated high school in what, like 12 or 13? So we don't yeah. need to go. We don't need to go back to 2013 high school days to prove why he said, but but like again, like like Matt Rambo led the the league in points last year. How many more points do you think he's going to rack up now that he he gets to feed the ball to Zed Williams, who's just a, as unreal of a finisher as you're going to get? Um, so I mean, the rich get richer there for the Whip Snakes. That they're going to score 25 goals a game. Um, and like you had just mentioned with Dylan Ward, Dylan Ward's name in there as well. Um, that is a pickup where, so the chaos already have blaze in between the pipes, but this allows them to get real creative because that, as everyone knows, blaze has turned himself into one of the premier forwards in the national lacrosse league. I mean, he's before coronavirus shut everything down. He was lighting shit up for the wings this season. So he's got, he's got that, uh, you know, he's all the skills right there as a finisher. And I'm thinking if the chaos, when they go to man up, you have to put blaze on the man up and then you can let Dylan Ward in between the pipes. Cause like now they don't have to be worried about throwing in a backup who can't handle himself. It's like, no, you guys have an all world goalie in Dylan Ward who then gets to go in whenever blaze wants to go play, you know, attack on a man up. So that I think right now the, the chaos are going to be, uh, they're, they're just going to fuckery is going to be a foot with the cat. They're just going to be being real reckless and I'm going to love every minute of it. Yeah. It's a big, it's an important year for chaos fans. I think, um, I think there was a lot to be desired after, you know, the way they went out last year. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think these, uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the Redwoods picks are interesting too, picking up another defenseman and Finn Sullivan and then picking up, you know, a face-off guy. You got to, got to replace Greg Beast. Um, and hilarious that they picked up another guy named Greg. Uh, so, well, but I don't know what the fuck that's about, but I mean, they just, they needed, definitely needed some, you know, continuity around the locker room you know like fuck we were gonna call where's the face-off guy named greg so but you know that's a solid move there i appreciate that personally greg greg is a big fogo name too or excuse me face-off specialist no it's oh well yeah well now we have to call them face-off specialists now because all these fucking kids are out here just dunking goals so yes we do um but yeah i I think yeah obviously water dogs picking up courier Big, big for them. That's a that's a great piece to to get yourself going in the first um, in your first season. Obviously, Pinnell being able to get back out there um, with Rabel and with Brown that that's huge. But I don't. Know, I, I still think I think that the Zed Williams pick might uh, might be the more 
come out of this as like the most underrated pick of the draft. Like, I, obviously, this is a Carrier Pinnell thing. Um, you know, I'm Bernhardt too. I, don't look, know. I, I got I got my I got my pick for the most underrated pick in the draft. Um, being a defense being a defense guy. Uh, so you know who Craig Chick is? Lehigh Mountain you Hawks. You, that's right, Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Craig Ch- Craig Chick set the record for cause turnovers in the entire NCAA in his four years at Lehigh. So that I think that having a disruptor like that at defense and LSM for the Atlas, that's a different weapon right? Uh, for, for the Atlas. So you're going to see a lot of uh, chick to Pinnell or, you know, chick taking the ball away and moving it up the field. Like that's, I think that's a huge, I think that is the most underrated pick of the draft. Book it right now. Jake, that's Craig, my- Craig, Ch- Craig chick, 25 turn cause turnovers, four goals, 12 assists right now. That's, that's why you get paid the big bucks because that's, that's, that's a right. great call. It's a great call. I know. I know. Um, now, the, the more – well, not the more interesting, but another interesting thing, you know, coming off of this entry draft is, you know, you, you look at the Water Dogs and they go with the two-way midi um, with, the, with their first pick in this entry draft. Now, the idea there would be that coming up later in April with the college draft, you know, they wouldn't have to get – that ex attackman because you know with the second overall pick in the college draft they could either go with sours or they could go with a mint they could go with you know whoever's left there with that second pick so they wouldn't need to get a panel because they could just draft they could just draft a panel as we mentioned earlier in the show with the whole coronavirus shutting down everything and, and all these seniors getting a um another year of eligibility back it'll be real interesting to figure out you know, which, which of these guys end up taking that extra year of eligibility, uh, which guys just say, fuck it and, and head to the draft. Um, and then also, I mean, there are guys like, uh, you know, like Jared Bernhardt and JT Giles Harris, who have already said that they were going to spend their fifth year of eligibility playing football next year. So are they going to go back play another year of college across and then go back to school for another year to get that fifth year for football or are they just going to go play football? Like, I, I feel like that's, that's a lot of college, right? That's like, that's five. It's not as much, it's not as much college as I've been through. Let me you, tell you. You've, you've been through a lot of college. You should have your doctorate by now. You do not. <laughs> um, but do, Dr. Shido. Um, but no, I like, so those guys probably, I would imagine if they really wanted to go play college football, they would probably go play next year and just be like, ah, you know, sucks the way that the college lacrosse season or career ended. But, um, but yeah, I mean, guys like Sowers who, uh, you know, we, we know like all these guys, they grew up wanting, dreaming about playing for a national championship. Sowers never got his chance. Does he go back? Um, TD Erlin, you know, has, has been there. He's been to the final four with Albany. He's been to the championship with Yale and he's, you know, he, he still hasn't gotten his ring. Like, does he go back and try to get his, um, grand event, Mac O'Keefe. I mean, that Penn state team is one of the most lethal offenses we've ever seen. Did they try to run it back for one more time? So it's going to be real interesting to see, like, they're still going to have to have a college draft. Like there's still going to be seniors who say, you know what? Yeah, it sucks, but I'm done with school. I'm done playing college across. So there's still going to be that, that draft going on, but 
is it going to be nearly as loaded as we thought it was going to be before all this went down? That's not like, that's not a, a question that I'm asking you to like give an actual answer to. It's like just a, mm-hmm. like, just a, it's a rhetorical question. Something, yeah. Something, something to, to let, you know, marinate on that for a little bit. Right. So I, I here's my thing. I think the, I think the football guys, the guys who were going to the football guys, nice. I think the football guys who were going to play football, they were only going to do that had there not been an extra year of lacrosse. Had had lacrosse, had they been able to play this lacrosse season, I think Docs will come back and play. I think that um, Bernhardt will come back and play lacrosse. Um, the interesting thing is that if these guys finish up their senior season, like right now or their senior year, the interesting thing is that. And this is just from my infinite amount of college knowledge. Um, some of these high-level schools, like in like Ivy and UVA and stuff like that, their graduate programs are n- traditionally not twelve-month programs. They are eighteen to twenty-four, sometimes even longer than that, if it's something that involves like a co-op or an internship or something like that. So, if some of these guys come back for a graduate degree, they <laughs> they could be in school for two more years. So that's got to weigh pretty heavy. It's like fuck, I'm not here to play school, but I do want a senior season. So they have to weigh one against the other. Well, you know? so I, I couldn't they just like go back and like to quote unquote get like a. a- you know, a grad degree, and then just after one year, be like, "Oh wait, no, never mind. I'm I'm out of here." And then just knock at the degree, and then like if they ever want to go back when they're like, you know, like 35, they're like that many credits closer. Uh, I suppose, but I, I like to think that all of these guys are, uh, you know, stand up, you know, finish the drill type guys. I don't I don't see Sowers as a type to you know go halfway and you know halfway into a card game and be like, "Fuck this, I quit." I but I but I think I think under. I think under the circumstances, it's, it's yeah, a, perhaps it's a little bit perhaps, different. but if you make it 12 months into a six, 12 months into an 18 month program, it's like, well, why the fuck not? And if you love the school, it's like, well, I, you know, I've never been to Princeton. I've heard it's, I've heard it's phenomenal campus, but like, you know, if, if I love the school that much, then yeah, I'd probably stay in, you know, Princeton or Charlottesville an extra year if I could. So, but that's a, that's an interesting take. That's just my, um, you know, academic brain at work. Uh, you know, it's it's just going to be a mess for the NCAA. You know, where they're 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 actually giving out um, and I extra years of eligibility to MCLA players too because the MCLA is governed under NCAA rules. So, you know, all you could be twenty eight or twenty nine playing in the MCLA because you can you know play two years of college and then go you know chill right. out and then they'll let you play club. We're gonna we're gonna have thirty year old Finlandy on the podcast and he's gonna be in his junior year at South Carolina. <laughs> uh hey look there's nothing nothing wrong with being a six or seven year senior there's literally nothing wrong Finn. so don't don't let jordy uh get you down but we'll definitely have finn back on once uh once everything starts kicking back up but um yeah the, the whole you know do they come back do they finish up not uh, that's pretty interesting to me as i said before on the previous podcast there were a bunch of a bunch of guys that uh I had a friend's brother at amherst and now which makes more sense why they might have withdrawn from school uh, with that whole incident, you know, that whole racist incident. I, like, I, feel, no f- I feel so bad for every program that had to lose their season the way that they did, except for except Amherst. Except for Amherst. Yeah, fuck absolutely. Amherst. Yeah, fuck Amherst. Fuck everything about that. That was absolute dog shit. Uh, the, you know, the senior when – when my buddy told me about the seniors withdrawing from school, I was like, huh, that doesn't really make sense. Like, why are you that mad? And then 
you know, the whole story broke and I was like, fuck, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty fucking awful. Um, yeah, but they, they probably deserve, uh, their season to get lost and, you know, I don't think they should play next year. Maybe they should take a, sit a couple years out, uh, something like that, but that's, that's bullshit. Yeah, absolute bullshit. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's I'm trying my hardest right now to figure out what I want more. Like, do I want these kids to make the jump into the like that way we can just like watch them hopefully play this summer if everything clears up, or do I want them to all go back to school so that we have another unreal year of college lacrosse to look forward to next year? Um, I don't really have an answer to that. Like, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, the best scenario would be like if these kids were allowed to transfer, which like I, I don't, I don't really know how this extra year of eligibility is gonna work in that sense. But like, imagine if they all transferred and like, like all right, no offense, like St. Bonnie's, you guys are just let these kids transfer to your school, bring all these seniors back for just one year, and just make a dream team out of all these kids that that lost their senior season, they go, they win the national championship next year. Like that would be the perfect level of chaos to, to really get me on board. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think anyone knows cause no one has ever seen anything like this before. So, um, you know, would it suck if the, you know, we were all anticipating all these studs playing in the PLL this summer, if, if, you know, if they decide to go back to school and we don't get to watch them this summer, yeah, that would suck. But it also sucks that we didn't get to watch them play out their senior season. So, um, you know, the whole thing sucks, but there's opportunity for it to be pretty fucking sweet further down the road. So, um, you know, there's there's definitely things to look forward to. You know, the it's, it's funny about the PLL because it's like, you know, yes, we won't see all of this prime talent in the, in, in the PF. PLL. Sorry, I got NFL on the brain for some reason. Maybe because the Panthers just gave Teddy Bridgewater 20, 20 million a year, but that's you know he's got uh, a ma- go. he's got a massive hog though. Yeah, I know, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna probably jump out a window here in a minute. Um, you know, the thing about the PLL is like even without all of this top talent from the NCAA and all of these seniors, it's still like the most exciting shit in the entire world. Like it's fucking insane. And, you know, even with like the sprinkling of, you know, Zed Williams and Rob Pinnell and Jesse Bernhard, Zach Courier and Craig Chick, like it's, it's going to be even more intense. It's like, you know, the highest concentration of top talent that we have. So I think that's, that's the funniest part. It's like, you know, the PLL can survive without uh, having, you know, a new senior draft every time. And, you know, yeah, we'd like to see them, but we'd also like these kids to succeed too. So you know, whatever they set out to do, if they, you know, go back to grad school, kudos, you know, I have two degrees as well. They're just kind of hanging on my wall. Uh, but it's just kind of useless pieces of paper, but you know, we'd love to see you play. Like I'd love, you know, okay. Can we talk about how, uh, Michael Sowers looked like he was being held hostage and a gun was being pointed at him when he was saying that shit for on, on camera. I love the kid, but like that was some forced shit right there. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think that anyone was really necessarily, uh, super enthusiastic Uh, at the time but but like did princeton go like michael we need you to say something calm the people down and if you don't do it we're gonna take you out back and if you know anybody in here hears a gunshot it's unrelated it's like it 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 looked like he was being held hostage i'm I'm sorry it's it's kind of like like a like a normal president when 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 a president has to give like a a speech from you know right 
whatever like i guess the Oval teleprompter or, yeah yeah but like like during like a time of crisis when when a president needs to step in and be like listen america like we're gonna get through this and you know we're gonna be resilient so um yeah i mean i they just needed some we we needed to see sours i think we really just we needed to see them just to know that everything's gonna be okay and he didn't look great um oh. but it was oh, like batman but we're 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 get, we're gonna get through it. Um, and as for the rest of the podcast goes, like we you know we haven't really um, been able to to talk about it much. But you know we're gonna try to to keep this thing going as much as possible throughout what would be the rest of the season and, and rolling up to the PLL season. Um, there are gonna be weeks where you know there's really just not gonna be anything to talk about. So. Um, you know, the, the schedule probably won't be regular. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get, you know, some of these seniors that just lost their season. Maybe we can get them on, um, kind of talk about how things went and shit like that. Um, you know, and then obviously as we get closer to the PLL season, we can, you know, hear from some of those guys. So, uh, you know, it's all pretty much like everything else in the world right now. It's, it's all up in the air, but uh, we're we're going to try to do our best to keep churning out some content for you guys because I know uh, it gets super boring just quarantining at home and, you know, you can only get your fucking shit rocked by a bunch of little kids on Call of Duty each day before you decide to just Oh, my God. Up. I've been getting annihilated and it is so goddamn frustrating. And then I, I tried to switch to Chell because it's like, okay, like at least I understand hockey. Yeah. I can play that a little bit. I'm like losing like, like 12 to one, like these like little fucking shitheads are just like, I don't know. It, video, video games right now for a guy who, um, not much of a gamer. It's, it's been a, a tough quarantine so far. Yeah. Casual gamers right now are in the at risk population for, yeah. uh, for they're, they're in the most at risk suicide. right now. <laughs> yep. Suicide. Because, uh, if you are not a serious gamer right now, everybody is logged on like i had two portuguese kids yelling at me this morning and i was doing fine but i think they were just talking about me for some reason like you stupid american your horrible healthcare infrastructure or something like that but uh you know i hope that you know going forward we can you know find some stuff to talk about you know if anybody has any ideas or you know i will not i i, I will i will say this i will not um entertain that many highlights uh that you send over because half of them aren't real highlights uh i love you guys and i love the listeners but about i think 75 to 80 percent of stuff that we get sent on twitter or uh instagram either is not a not what i would consider a highlight or it was just plain garbage um and that's not me being a pessimist. That is just the, the, the reality of the situation it's a saturated market you can go look that one up you got a lot of free time I agree. Um, yeah, guys, <clears throat> you guys should know by now if it's an actual highlight or not. Yeah, you. I mean, we've we've been over this plenty of times. Um, but yeah, other than that, Zach Carrier first overall, and we'll we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, and until then, uh, typically we we keep it low to high to the day we die. But I think it's more important now to just wash your fucking hands and stay inside as most much as possible. So vitamins, vitamins, get, get those, uh, Flintstone gummies, baby. Load up on them. We out.
disappeared.